Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hey guys, and welcome back to a new Jessie Williams Fitness Podcast episode. I'm so excited to be on today with a absolutely beautiful soul, Monty, who is actually a online mindset and spirituality coach, and she has so much amazing value that I just know that she'll bring today. So hey, Monty, how are you? Hello, lovely. I'm so good. Thank you for asking. Just got back from a nice swim, connected with the ocean, did a workout and a run. I actually did a lot of stuff now that I'm reflecting on it. Um, But yeah, feeling really good, actually. That's awesome. And for anyone, like obviously everyone listening can't see, but um, Monty and I have just both rocked up a room. We're totally vibing. We're both wearing big, great, (laughs) oversized hoodies. So there's definitely a little bit of um, vibe going on there. Um, I thought we would kick off today with you just like giving everyone a little bit of information about you. Give us a little bit of background in terms of like what you sort of do and what's kind of led you to be where you are in your journey, Mm. because I think that that's really fascinating. Yeah, definitely. I find also, yeah, a bit of context around people's situations is so important to understand how they got to where they are. And for me, I am a like a mindset and spiritual coach. I run workshops, online courses. I run one-on-one meditations. I do a lot of back-end coaching work. Um, but essentially, the way that I got into what I'm doing is uh, I did human resource management at university about five years ago when I, my passion was really helping people. And then I went to work in the corporate world in Sydney and uh, unfortunately the corporate world wasn't for me and eight to six definitely did not align with my soul and my vibe. So I ended up finishing that and studying at like a, a Buddhist Institute. So I did health and social being. So we covered a lot of mindfulness subjects, um, coaching subjects, nutrition, mental health, And throughout that process as well, I was going through my own transition and own awakening from abusing drugs a lot when I was 18 to 23 and having very toxic boyfriends due to me not being able to let go of of them and also just attracting them because I was such low vibe as well. So I was going through a really big, severe anxiety episode. So that's when I really started to meditate. And ever since then, I've pretty much been meditating for four years now and finding this path and a mindset and spiritual path and yeah it's been crazy but I would never have got here if I didn't work in an environment that wasn't aligned with me and if I didn't go through my own personal crisis as well. Yeah that's so amazing and there were bits and pieces of that that I obviously knew a little bit about you but I had no idea and I think that that's so cool um, to get that information I'm so glad we started off that way because I know um, for myself and so many other people who see these people online and like honestly someone who would just jump on your Instagram right now who had no context about you no information would be like oh she's like so happy and positive and in alignment (laughs) and how do I even get to that and you forget that there's actually you know there's actually been experiences and moments Mm -hmm. which have led up to that point and it's like people who often are in these really aligned and amazing places are most often people who were not just born into that and have been through stuff and had experiences to know the difference between I think knowing what doesn't feel right so that they can actually really appreciate and like tune into what does which I think is so amazing um Mm -hmm. And one of the things I absolutely admire about you as well, which I've, I've said to you previously, is that I feel like from an outside perspective looking in, if I was to go like on your Instagram, you just seem like you absolutely nail the perfect balance between leaning into both a masculine and feminine energy. So really balancing that yin and yang in terms of not just fitting into one box. So it's like when I when I look at you, you know, you can be such a badass powerlifting, lifting heavy shit in the gym, <laughs> doing all that, you know, go, go, go. 
And then you can be, you know, doing more earthing and grounding and meditation and um, just really tapping more into your feminine side and the spirituality and things. So what Mm. do you, do you think that that's something that just comes naturally to you and you land like that? Or do you feel like that's a process where you are really conscious about that balance? Mm. Yes. Um, Thank you for the compliments. It's always so lovely to hear. Um, yeah, so I, so growing up, I was always a people pleaser. I always did everything for external validation. I never did anything for myself. I didn't value being in a female body. I would always hang around guys. I would always want to be guys. I would always want to be sporty. So at one point when I came through my spiritual, um, awakening and coming through that crisis, I really understood that I needed to love myself and I needed to love like the feminine energy within me in order to be able to move forward. So it wasn't consciously at the time being able to balance the feminine masculine energy, but I think I kind of just knew deep down that if I don't love myself and I don't love the female body or and all the attributes that it has and comes along with it, then how am I meant to go through life and, you know, flourish and grow? So for me, um, yeah, just coming from that that space of just being a people pleaser, that's just when that's when we definitely go against like our feminine energy and being able to tap into that strong and powerful mindset, which is the masculine energy. But for me, I was always so masculine that I had to at some point adopt feminine energy. And for me, that is my non-negotiable spiritual practice that I do every evening. And that's how I tap into my intuition and that's how I tap into also my feminine energy. So that it requires me. uh, So what I have done, I don't even know why I did it, but for some reason I just felt really called to do it. Ever since I suffered from anxiety, I thought, okay, I'm going to turn my phone on flight mode from 9 till 9 slash 9.30 and I'll just journal and meditate. And then that process has been like that for four years and I can really tell it the next day when I don't actually meditate or I don't journal, I can kind of feel like I'm out of alignment with who I am. So yeah, that's my non-negotiable spiritual practice and coming back to my intuitive state and pulling oracle cards and meditating and doing breath work and stretching and giving that time to me and to my soul and to understand myself in a deeper space. Because in order for me, and I think everyone to move forward, we need to really delve deeper into our suppressed emotions or trauma or fears or blockages that are really holding us back. And the only way we do that is to sit with them and to reflect on them and to let our intuition help us and guide us. So tapping into yeah, both feminine and masculine energy, one can be more of a dominant space, but the other one can be having to be a conscious effort as well. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And I, I think it's actually probably important to establish for anyone like listening right now who has never kind of heard the terms masculine and feminine energy in the way that we're probably using them right now it's not even in terms of like masculine and feminine traits or anything like that it's more so about the energy that you bring so um mm-hmm. yang is more your masculine energy which is a lot of like go 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 all of the power stuff business movement um and the feminine energy is more nurturing slowing down turning inward and things like that so when we are speaking about more the masculine and feminine, that's kind of like what we're talking about on more of an energetic level. And I think that it's amazing that you found that balance and that you do have those like kind of non-negotiables and things like that. And that you can literally say, hey, when I lean into this practice, this is how I feel versus when I don't lean into that practice. It's just so much evidence that it just like is so, so important. Mm. And I know for me, I never... I had never probably up until like less than 12 months ago had never even heard of the terms masculine feminine energy used in the way that we're speaking about it now. I'd only heard masculine feminine in terms of like, you know, um, this is how a guy acts and this is how a girl acts. Like that's the only experience I had of this. And it wasn't until I began working with like my acupuncturist and um, my naturopath and a few other people within my life that I started being more aware of this. And when I was made aware of it, it was like all of these light bulbs went off and I was probably 95% masculine energy. Mm. I was so ambitious and business focused and money and doing, and I had to be busy all the time. And if I wasn't being busy, I wasn't doing enough. And I felt guilty slowing down. Everything was gym workouts and weights and, you know, everything was about speed and things like that. And so it wasn't until I was like 
wow, no wonder. And like when you, I won't go too into detail, but when you, cause I know that you see an acupuncturist as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you kind of delve into that, you can learn about how certain things in your body can be out of alignment when you're out of kind of, when you're not balancing those energies and things. So everything kind of related to me in terms of, I was like estrogen dominant and just all of these things. Mm. And it made so much sense. And it wasn't until I began, you know, meditating a bit more saying to myself, I don't have to go and do weights. I can do a yoga session. And then tomorrow I can go back and do weights and actually tapping into what feels good and really finding a good balance. And one thing that I learned was that yang, which is the masculine energy is actually created from yin energy. So if you don't have enough yin, um, you'll eventually feel that burnout, which is so crazy. But I think like moving on from this, I actually want to come back to your introduction when you were talking about kind of like your past and where you've been and what's kind of got you to the point. And one thing that I found super interesting was that you were in this place that was so out of alignment um, for you. You were feeling the anxiousness, as you said, like you're abusing drugs and things like that. And I think this is going to be super powerful for anyone listening right now, because I know so many people are probably listening who are in pain points at the moment. So what would your advice be, um, you know, if there are women out there listening right now that are finding themselves in a really low point of their life, whether it be that they're abusing drugs or whether they're finding themselves constantly in toxic relationships with the wrong people, um, whatever that is, what would you encourage them to, I guess, be the first steps that they can kind of take a little bit of their power back and control to kind of get out of that and begin moving more towards a life of being in alignment and so forth? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I feel like for for every um, person, it's probably going to be a bit individualized. But if you're feeling like you're coming from that space and you're a bit um, unsure about what's going on and and what you've just mentioned, I find journaling is a really important and a really amazing reflexive process. And it's really easy to do because all you need is a pen and paper. You don't need to be a mastermind at it. And just write down how you're feeling and write down what's coming up for you or writing down what you love to do. And just when you're journaling and people don't realize it's actually your intuition that's coming out because you don't, if you're writing a a whole page on how you're feeling, you don't actually, when you look at the page, you wouldn't have written that if you thought before, okay, I'm going to write all this. It kind of just comes and it flows. So it really allows you to bring up the things that want to come up. So that's why journaling is really important. And I know for me, when I was going through my tough time, especially working in the corporate world, I kind of journaled about, so what are my feelings and why am I feeling this? And what are some things that I'm doing to help me come out of that? Is there anything? No. So if there isn't anything that you're doing to try and come out of that, you need to process what's going on for you. But you also kind of really need to understand that in order to change and in order to come out of that, we need to go through a process of letting go and surrendering. And once we let go and surrender of something that's occurring, so it could be like you're in a toxic relationship, for example, and understanding, um, why that is on a deeper level but maybe like say for example if you let go of that relationship because you knew it wasn't serving your highest good once so now you've actually created a space within your life that you can now feel and a lot of the times when we let go and surrender of something we just get stuck in this pattern of feeling it with something toxic because that's all we've learned to do so it could be drugs alcohol binge watching tv which is fine in it's like you know, every now and then. But if you're doing that more on a consistent basis, then that's when we do get caught up in that ruminative thinking and that negative space. So once we let go and surrender of something that's going on, we need to feel the space of something positive. And that's where your self-care practice come in, your journaling, your meditating, your breath work, your exercise, you're seeing an acupuncturist, a naturopath, seeing a healer. Like that's all going to help you be able to go through your transition and it's going to be able to help you level up. But if you're going to try and let go of a space and fill it with something negative or a self-sabotaging um, practice that you normally do, unfortunately, you're not going to grow and you're not going to change. But it's really trying to find that courage within you. And journaling for me is probably was one of the things that I thought 
was easy to really understand my emotions and thought process. I, thought process. At first, I was just writing poems, and I was just writing poems because I actually enjoyed doing that. But then I kind of got in a bit of a deeper level and asking myself the deeper questions, and then. After journaling came the meditation and sitting with my thoughts and sitting with my emotions and understanding, you know, what's coming up for me and being curious as to what's coming up rather than attaching to it and getting fearful of it, just watching it like it was your neighbours. Just watch it. Oh, okay, that's curious. And once it comes up and you let it go, you kind of like subconsciously processed it. But if we're going to continue to run from our emotions, our feelings our thoughts and that's when we're going to burn out and like I've experienced before I've been I was the same I had so my whole life was masculine dominated and I just burnt out and crashed and then I had to pretty much start a whole new life but it took a lot of it's, it takes a lot of work and people don't realize how far people have come and even myself like how far I've come but it's just being consistent and it's about really understanding that you're worthy of abundance and you're worthy of love and you're worthy to feel good. So do something that's going to try and make you feel good. Yeah, that's excellent. And I love how you put that in. There are a few things that I really align with. One was um, I've actually never thought about putting it this way, but journal journaling is basically your intuition speaking. I say to mm. clients all of the time, like when journaling so underrated because it helps you articulate thoughts that you kind of don't realize are there, but to kind of say, well, yeah, that's because it's your intuition makes so much sense. And I also loved a word you used in there about beginning to, when you were talking about beginning to implement these practices and things, and you said it's just about consistency. And I think that's really important because I know for me with a lot of clients will set out on this journey and they'll get like three weeks in and they have this day where they're back in old thinking patterns and they freak out. Like they, they're freaking out. Like, why am I feeling like this? I was feeling so good the last two weeks. And they don't realize how normal it is to have days yes. where you fall back in those thoughts. Or, And it's like, just trust me. It's not going to happen in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks. And by the end of the 12-week period, they've already made such huge changes. But I think mm. one thing is us just failing to be gentle and patient with ourselves in the process and for anyone listening when you do set out on like making these big changes it is so normal to have days where you fall back into not wanting to meditate not wanting to journal or self-doubt or insecurity or anxiousness or whatever that may be that's very very normal but it's about exactly as you said consistency like what are you doing most of the time um and if you can just keep returning back to your consistent practice that's the small steps which are inevitably going to get you there so yeah I guess what would you say, because like this is something that you've been through and I know so, like this is one of the most common things ever is how you spoke about how you were um, experiencing quite a bit of anxiety and so forth. So mm-hmm. what would be your main practice to help with, um, I guess, two sort of things, one being anxiety and two being self-doubt, because I think a lot of the time they can go hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. So with anxiety, so when I had my massive anxiety, mini psychosis sort of thing, um, I went to the doctors and he prescribed me two years of an antidepressant. I can't remember which one he did. And I said, look, unfortunately, because um, pharmaceutical drugs have been an addictions running my family line. And I said, look, I don't want to take any depressants because I could potentially come addictive to them. And I really, really, really don't want to do that because I've seen parents and I've seen other family members go down that road. So I said, what else is there? That, what else can I do? And he goes, well, you can meditate, but it's going to take you a lot longer. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do that because <laughs> I've got nothing else. Because unfortunately, I, I've seen firsthand what antidepressants can do. And I don't think, I'm not totally against them, but I think, think they serve their purpose they definitely do but for I the human body is so amazing at being able to heal itself that I'm really against pharmaceutical um drugs um but yeah they definitely serve their purpose but for me it was yeah okay so if I'm not going to take any any antidepressants I'm going to try and meditate and it was because I understood and I did a bit of research as well into meditation and it actually changes your brain waves and neuro neurologically if I can get that out (laughs) 
it changes the way your mind is built. So it creates neuroplasticities. It creates new neuropathways. So understanding the science behind meditation allowed me to really trust the process because it's scientifically proven to help alleviate anxiety and depression and boost happiness levels. And it's, it's proven. So I just trusted that and I worked in with that. So for me, the first thing that I do is meditate. And there's so many available resources online. I use YouTube and sometimes I'll just do a guided visualization meditation. So it's just following and listening to a guy walking down a beautiful rainforest and um, just listening to what he's saying and really feeling what's coming up. Also, I do a sound healing meditation where that's all just vibrations and I'll, or I'll do just an affirmation meditation or I'll sit with my thoughts. So it's really depending on how I'm feeling as well. Um, but at first, the first thing I did was just find a guided meditation on the present moment. That was the one that I did. And so for my anxiety, um, and meditation is the number one. And number two would be journaling as well or like colouring in. Really come to the only reason we experience it fear of the future or it's something that's completely out of the present moment or something that's out of our control so that's why meditation or these self-care practices work because it's bringing us back into the present moment so recently if i've been feeling a bit bored or anxious about what's going on in our world i've started knitting i can't recommend it enough like it is so therapeutic it is crazy so i started knitting um but swimming and exercise but i love exercise i love swimming i love running but i'm very conscious that what happens if you get injured? What happens if something, you know, you become paraplegic? I can't rely on my body all the time to make me feel good. And that's why I need to make sure I balance that with doing things that don't require me to move, which is the meditation and the journaling and the breath work as well. Wim Hof breathing is amazing. I love it. You can just YouTube that as well. Um, yeah, they're the, the main things that I do, but just Anything, like I said, that brings you back in the present moment, that could be different for everyone. That could be surfing, that could be cooking, that could be calling up a friend. Actually, that's been really helpful as well. Speaking about your emotions when you're anxious, talking to someone about it who has an unbiased view that has your highest good um, at the front of their mind. So don't call someone who you know is going to just be like, oh, why are you feeling like that again? Um, calling someone who will listen to you and hold a safe space for you. And even I still see a psychologist. So speaking to a psychologist, like my psychologist is the best. She holds space for me to talk for an hour about stuff that's going on. Like it is amazing. Or get coaching. Man, there's so many things that you could do. I, that's all the things that I do, which is and now I reflect and I'm like, wow, I do a lot of stuff to maintain my mental hygiene. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. Um, I guess one thing, I, one of the other things that I was like really keen to ask you, I think when people kind of c come out on this journey, they get, they feel almost like they know where they want to go and they begin out on this journey of like becoming more into in alignment and listening to their intuition as best they can and, and all of that kind of stuff. But one thing that pops up, I think for a lot of people is not being able to fully lean into the present and the um, visualization of the future because they're feeling a little bit held back by their past or like mm. past demons and, and kind of like letting that it almost ruin the experience of progressing forward. So how would you, I guess, what would be your approach for someone who is trying to, you know, set out on this journey of making all of these changes and how can they detach what they've been through in the past from where they believe they're going because I know that this can really tie into sense of worthiness and sense mm -hmm. of self, like self-confidence and belief and so many people either take a step back or don't even try because they're tied down by their past so for someone who has you know been through quite um, a difficult past and things like that. How do you think people can kind of let that go and understand that they can move forward without identifying themselves with those experiences? Mm. That's an amazing question. And I think the first thing is really important is look at your environment. Who do you surround yourself with? Who are your friends? Because if you're trying to change and like grow and you're stuck in these friendships that aren't going to allow you to grow. Like for me, for example, I was stuck in a group of friends who 
really love to take drugs and really love to party. So see, I wasn't going to be able to change if I was going to continue to hang out with them. So really look at your environment, your work environment as well, your relationships, and just have a gauge about, you know, where they're heading. And and then kind of for me, I find it re- found it really therapeutic was to look at inspirations and to see what they're doing as well. And for me, I found a lot of people online fitness at the time was a, an amazing way that I got out of it and spirituality as well, but looked at the high, the, the really amazing people who were working really hard with fitness and what were they doing and kind of just rep, try and replicate those as well. But yeah, in order to come out of it and like really try and move forward and that, get that self-doubt, for me, it was about learning when my fear was leading me or my intuition was leading me. And one of the things that I learned during my studies was to write down a piece of paper, the pros and cons for changing and then the pros and cons for not changing and to really write it out and put it on a piece of paper and to see if, well, if there were more, more pros for changing, then obviously on the piece of paper like that, that makes so much sense, but we're still stuck and these changes can bring up the same fears that have all trauma that we've been through but sometimes if we can visualize on a piece of paper like if that's actually going to help us and that's it's a lot easier to move forward as well so that's what I found really helped me but another thing what really 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 helped me was just doing it because we always think that there's going to be right time to to do things or if you want to start your own business you always think oh I've got to wait for this and just stepping out of there and sometimes just jumping into the deep end and knowing that other people have walked your path before you and these people can help you as well. Yeah, I think that's so amazing and really, really well put, which is actually probably going to lead me into my last question for you, which would be, you know, within that there was so much about focusing on moving forward and just you know doing what felt right and things like that such as you being like yep wanting to start the podcast and so my last question would be how do you how would you advise people to know what steps to take in terms of when people get to this place where they're like yep okay I'm ready I can see the pros and cons I know I needed a change I'm really really ready for this but what do I even do and they almost lack the direction of how to move forward or what their intuition is even calling them towards, what would be your advice to help them tune in and listen to that intuition to know what the next steps for them even are? Yeah. So with that, um, if you're understanding, like you said, if you know exactly what you want to change, so it could be for example, let's just use starting a, a podcast as an example because it's going to be very situational for everyone. But if you know wholeheartedly you want to start a podcast so bad but you just don't have the confidence, for me as well it was reaching out to someone who had started podcasts and sliding into their DMs and saying, hey, is there any chance you can help me? I don't really know what to do. And really asking for support because I feel like in our day and age and you know, we've come from such a patriarchal society. Now things are changing. And with men, you know, men really struggle asking for support. And I think as us women, we can sort of get stuck in that mindset as well. And if we can ask for support and allow us to be open to receiving, you don't, we don't know what's going to happen in the present moment. So if we're continuing to think that we can do this all on our own, we're kind of already putting ourselves in a pigeonhole and we're already kind of stuck because you learn the most from the people around you and the people who have walked your path before you also by understanding yourself. But a lot of people have been in the exact same position as you, no matter it's about starting a podcast or it's leaving a relationship or it's, um, you know, starting to exercise again or starting to work on their fitness. But there, every single emotion or doubt that you're experiencing has been felt. So for me, it's about it's this notion of like it's called expanders. So look at where you want to be or who you want to be like or someone who has done something that you want to do and look at what they're doing and ask for support. So you can either message them or you can go on YouTube, you can go on, yeah, there's so many available resources online. 
but if you're really, really stuck, I think it's best to speak to like a mindset coach or a psychologist and get them really work through it with you. Because sometimes most people need accountability, um, especially when they're starting out. I know that's what you what you're doing with your work as well. Especially with me, I had had a PT for like three years, and I've just let it go because I don't really have a gym now, and I'm just. I'm at the point now it's like I need to learn to trust myself again because at first I didn't trust myself, which is why I got a PT, but sometimes you just need to let go and then, yeah, trust yourself. So I find finding getting a coach or, yeah, speaking to someone about it is so perfect. But if you have all the resources and you have the money to be able to do it, sometimes it's just about doing it and know that you're supported and no one's going to know if you're going to make a mistake. Like sometimes I read back or listen back to the podcast I I record or what things I write and I'm thinking, oh, I could have added that, I could have added that. But then at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because people on the receiving end have no idea. And it's all about just letting go of that judgment and that guilt and shame that you might be feeling. But understanding that the situation that you're presented with is going to continue to arise unless you change. And for me, it was so interesting because even when I was going through my self-love episode, I was always presented with emotionally unavailable men because I thought, oh, yeah, I'm ready for a relationship. I'm ready for a relationship. But the universe kept giving me emotionally unavailable men. And I was like, well, what's going on here? Clearly I'm not working on myself or clearly I'm, I'm suppressing some sort of element in my life. And then once I kind of worked through that and understood that, then that's when I've been presented with these emotionally available people, which has been recently. So it's just very interesting that if you're constantly being presented with the same situation, the universe wants you to do something about it. And if you're constantly like in this exact same blockage, you're just going to have to sometimes, yeah, it is taking a leap of faith, but your fears, the, there, was a, there is a quote and it says, the greatest treasure lies in the behind the cave of fears or something like that. I think I said that wrong, but everything you want is on the other side of fear essentially. And just being able to try and step out of that. And unfortunately there's no easy way of doing it. There's, you know, if life was easy, we'd all have millions of dollars and be living on rainbows or wherever we want to live. Um, but we do have to go through the dark times to be able to see the light, but there is always light at the end of the tunnel. And there's so many people that have worked through that. And it's hard because people, you know, you might see people out there like me, like you said, with my Instagram, I seem so positive and so uplifting, but I have done so much work to get to where I am. And I still constantly do work and people's highlight reels are people's highlight reels. And even yesterday, I had a pretty shitty day, but I, I like to be vulnerable and open and honest. And I even said like today I've been feeling pretty shitty, but there are so many people on Instagram and so many accounts on Instagram who are just so positive and it can get really stuck. You can get really stuck in that. I need to be positive. I need to be doing this all the time, but understanding that feeling down or feeling stuck, like that's all, they're all natural emotions and we all experience them. And sometimes we just need to, yeah, just, just take a leap of faith. Yeah. I love that quote, um, that you said, uh, like about almost like about the highlight reel. And it reminded me of that quote, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And it's like, if someone came in and looked at you, like you're in chapter 20, if they're in chapter one, they can't be like, why aren't I like this? It's like, you, that's where you're headed to. Um, and yeah, I think that that's so, so powerful for people to understand. I think you gave perfect advice in terms of like, when people are like, oh, I don't know what my intuition is telling me. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I have to do. You don't have to know or work it out on your own. And you're not expected to know because you haven't been through the thing yet. Everything yeah. like you can always look back in hindsight and understand because that's the beauty of hindsight is you've already been and learned by then. So of course you have an understanding. So reaching out to people who have probably, you know, walked the same path that you're currently getting ready to, to go down and seeking advice or help and things like that from them. And not having to do everything by yourself. It's the exact same for me with like, anytime I've got like a fitness coach or even business coaching for me is a perfect example. It's like we sometimes feel so much like we have to do everything on our own. And if we don't, our success isn't valid because we didn't do it on our own. Yeah. And it's like so bizarre. And I don't know where this thought comes from, but I know that it's really common, but 
then when you do get the business coach or you do seek that help and then they fast forward you like 20 steps and you skip so much like pain and trial and error and then you just realize like I still had to implement the steps like they gave me the guidebook but I'm the one who implemented and you realize that it is you and it's all you and coaching doesn't work it's an just one-sidedly it's a two-way street and so mm. it's no different with anything to do with spirituality or mindset or anything else like you're not expected to have all the answers and to know all the things and it's a two-way street just let someone help give you the guidance and the strategy and then your job is just to implement that to the best of your ability but have someone there in your corner who's going to back you and you know check in with you with love and guidance and support when when it is feeling so tough so yeah I think that was so so valuable um so I guess um yeah I guess what would be just to wrap up if you could give one message to anyone listening right now who is getting ready to move towards more of a life of alignment or begin tapping into their intuition or make changes or just bring out, you know, their inner potential, which they maybe haven't found yet. What would your last message or piece of advice that you would want to live leave? Mm, I have so much advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So now is honestly like the most perfect time to be able to do this because we're in self, I like to call it self-exploration rather than isolation because I think um, isolation can have, you know, the negative, the negative connotations coming with it, but we're really in self-exploration. And now is the only time really that you can be able to slow down and to be able to work on yourself and do the inner work. So if you're wanting to start something or any self-care practice or whatever it is or start coaching, now is the perfect time because you have a lot of space and you have no excuses. You don't have time because you've given so much that now is really a really important time to be able to do it because we're all, there's a really big shift going on um, vibrationally. And I'm not sure if there's people out there who can feel that, but there, when with times like these and pandemics, there's, there's time, uh, how do I explain this probably? So that we're letting go of the way things were because when we come out of this, things aren't going to go back to normal. There might be regulations that come into place or there might be, you know, whatever happens. But we're so with this process, this whole process is about letting go. So for me personally, I've gone through so many shifts recently because I'm I'm understanding that a lot of things I used to do has been like ego driven or it's just been in a habit of just, you know, going to the gym every single day and like spending three hours there. And I've kind of just was stuck in a routine that now I've been given time to really be you to do what I really want to do. And that's like finding my love for the ocean finding my love for running and cooking and doing that all again. So it's really about tapping into who you are and just trying new things because nobody out there yeah like you said nobody out there has all the answers but we have so much more time and space so if you've been wanting to get a a fitness coach coach for a while like just do it like there's nothing you have no reason to not but if you also just want to chill out and you're listening to this and you feel like you've done a lot of inner work you can totally do that like I have naps every day at least once a day because my soul needs naps to be able to show up authentically otherwise if I like for my body and for my aura and my spirituality I can't go a whole day from 6 a.m to 8 o'clock at night on the whole time so for me I understand that I actually need a 20 minute nap at least once a day whether that's laying in the ocean or it's going and laying in bed and relaxing and after that I feel so much better so it's also about stopping and just being okay with where you are and just taking the pressure off as well and I know when I first came into this pandemic situation, I was like, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And I like set myself up for failure, having to feel like I've got to do all these things. But now I wake up and I'm like, okay, what do I want to do today? And kind of just go with the flow. And the other day I spent three days off social media. I put my whole phone on flight mode and I told, um, I told two people and I said to them like, look, I'm going to be on flight mode. I don't want to look at anyone. I don't really want to know what anyone else is doing. I want to just go with the absolute flow. So if you're feeling a bit stuck as well, I always suggest even having half a day off your phone and stop looking at people's Instagram stories or the phone itself is low vibe, um, is low energy 
uh, thing anyway. So like if you had 20 minutes off your phone and you did spent 20 minutes in nature gardening or doing something like that, you're going to, your soul and your body is going to love you so much more. So if you're feeling like you kind of just want to just chill out or you, if you want to work on yourself, I suggest having your phone on flight mode even yeah for half a day a day is so amazing right now because if you don't if, if you don't have work um i know i've been laid off so if you don't have work um or even just on a saturday like it's so empowering knowing that you can spend the whole day with yourself or even half a day with yourself and you can just do that and when you come back i feel like you're so much more rejuvenated and you're so much more cleansed because you have given your soul the nourishment it needs because some people are extroverts some people are introverts I thought I was an extrovert for my whole life because I was always a people pleaser. Like you said, you're you're always male dominant. That so was I. But I'm actually the most introverted person I've ever met, and um, I thought I was the biggest extrovert because I'm quite confident. But confident isn't being extroverted. It's um it's where you get energy from is what introvert and extrovert actually mean. So if you're introverted and you're doing all these things for other people, you're probably best just to chill and and stay inside but if you're introverted and you're not doing um or if you're extroverted and you're just chilling so much maybe that's why you needed to step out of the house more or ask someone to go for a walk because you're still allowed to do that um so it's like really it's really an important time now because we've been given so much space to work on ourselves and so much has come up for me like because I've given myself space and I've given and I've tried new things and I'm like oh I actually like that like I feel really good after doing that so yeah, this just it's a beautiful time right now, and um, you can look at it two ways, like negatively or positively. But uh, you can only really look at it positively because I was looking at it negatively, and I went bloody downhill. So I was like, "What am I doing? Pull yourself out!" Yeah, I completely um, relate to so much of that, and I love the advice about turning inward and are you extroverted or introverted, and are you giving too much or not enough energy to certain things, and. I'm exactly the same. So I used to be people pleaser, masculine energy, really confident. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, well, extroverted equals confidence. Like, so, um, and, and then it wasn't until I was like, no, extroverted and introverted isn't whether you're shy or confident. It's like, where do you draw your energy from? And I am a true introvert at heart, draw my energy from being alone. Um, and so even just listening to that, I'm like, yeah, Jesse, like you're probably being a little bit too extroverted right now, already <laughs> thinking about like what I need to do. And I'm like, what kind of like self-love practices can I do to slow the heck down? Um, because it's, it's honestly, natural for me to just turn into extroverted masculine energy like as default I have to be so conscious about Mm. slowing down so even just listen to you then I'm like this is great advice because I can even take it on board right now so yeah even and like I said like for me like being on flight mode or like phone um I know it's really hard for us as well because we have our own online businesses but it's also really important to tell our clients that it's okay to switch off for a day. It's okay. Obviously, you make deadlines, but I always say to people and my clients as well, you need to tell, if they've got clients, like you need to tell them that Mondays, for example, you're not going to be contactable. But people appreciate when you have boundaries and people appreciate when you put your own, you value yourself first because it all starts from within. And if people, like, yeah, I was a pushover for so long. I said yes so much, but people really value me because I say no. And obviously being consistent on a business side of things is really important. But, you know, having one day to yourself is not is not like such a big deal and you're going to feel so much better out of it. It's the same as if you're dieting and you have one shitty day and you go to your nan's house or your pop's house for dinner and you eat all their food. It's like one day in, in, out of your deficit or maintenance phase, it's not, good, it's not that harmful, you know. Like we, we, we always put so much value on just – one day or you know something's gone wrong but in the grand scheme of things out of 365 days that one day is not gonna mean shit you know like we just put so much value on it because we're just our human mind is just so used to get self-doubt or like putting ourselves down but it's it's like for example I cooked the other day and I cooked a beautiful chocolate caramel slice and I pretty much ate a quarter of it and at first I was like oh my god why I do that I actually got sick and I haven't felt sick from overeating in maybe a couple of months at first it was like that instant, oh, I feel so bad. Why did I do that? So guilty. And I was like, wait on a second. That's completely normal. Like you're allowed to overeat. Like that is so fine once every month or wherever long. Like you don't need to feel like that. And then I was just sat in my sickness and I was like, at least I know that I'm never doing that again. It was a good, it was a good experience because I learned that 
I don't want to feel like that. I want to just feel like I'm, I don't want to feel full and disgusting and sick. So I actually really needed that experience to understand that tick, you know, you've gone the right path. Like you've healed your relationship with food. It's not coming back. You know, there's body dysmorphia. It's not coming back. It's just a, it's just one day, like just to reaffirm yourself. But that all comes with time. Like that's like, yeah, consistency, you know? Yeah. And again, coming back to that hindsight, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Like you always know after you've already done the thing. So, and, and that's totally me as well. That day that I take is a Sunday. And I remember when I started out in business, like I would just think, oh, I've got to reply as quick as I can all the time. Mm. And I realized that by taking Sunday where I wouldn't be contactable, um, that I actually show up like come Monday, I actually show up so much more energized and ready to talk and really, you know, dive into it head first. And so I actually show up better for my clients and exactly that. They really, really appreciate the boundary. Um, and I've kind of extended that to, I work about six days um, and my partner works six days as well. And so Sunday's kind of like our day. And so most of my friends know, like, good luck trying to hang out with me on a Sunday. It's probably not going to happen. And for a while, I struggled with the guilt of that of like, oh, you know, so many of my friends only have Saturday, Sunday off. And I like, don't, I always say no to things, but I'm like, it doesn't matter if I'm a creature of habit. It doesn't matter if every Sunday for the next five years, my my partner and I just want to spend time together. That's what feels good right now is having Mm. that Sunday with my partner, with less phones, going for walks, going for brunches when not in ISO and just doing that stuff and taking that time to connect with each other. And so that's extended to all areas, friends, work, everything, and just doing what feels good for you and taking that time and that space in a way that feels good for you. So I love that. And I completely... Um, yeah, agree with like the whole boundary setting thing. But yeah, one thing that I want to say on that too is I always felt guilty for doing my own thing. And like I said, understanding that I'm really introverted, like I really don't see many people. And I, I mean, I'll see them for like an hour or here. Like sometimes I go two weeks without even seeing a single friend and I'm single as well. But understanding that the friends who understand that and appreciate that, like, and you have a partner as well. So and that people who your friends who appreciate that will be in alignment with you and they're probably doing a similar thing and if they can't appreciate that that's nothing to do with you that's on them maybe they're maybe they can't do that themselves because they feel like they um you know they, they judge themselves but like a lot of my friends and I felt guilty for so long feeling like I had to see them but like the ones that really are aligned with you are the ones that that will understand but they're also the ones that you don't feel anxious about like don't you reckon sometimes when you feel like there's some friends that you feel like really anxious if you haven't seen them there's other ones that you know you haven't seen for a year and you catch up with them and it's like you go back to normal so it's really interesting even when your thought processes or your emotions when you're thinking about that person like that's obviously shows who you're aligned with and who you're not aligned with as well so it's really interesting just to watch what you do and like I like watch the observer and watch how you feel and how do people make you feel because at the end of the day your soul and your intuition knows and knows what it wants and if you're going to continue to go against that and hanging out with all these people that make you feel like shit um or may you make yourself feel like shit like it maybe that's a sign that they're probably not aligned with you and it's okay let them go like it's life is temporary like we're born to die and the same as everything everything happens and everything comes and goes, you know? So why do we attach ourselves to friendships that have been in our lives for so long? Like it's, it's a really good time to let go of those friends and, and find space within you and uh, to align with other people. Yeah, I completely agree and resonate with that in terms of like sometimes I still now and, and nowhere near as much, but get caught up in being like, oh, you know, I better check in with so-and-so and it's coming out of yeah. a place of guilt um, as opposed to I want to check in with so-and-so because yeah. it feels good or aligned. And I think that's really true when you think about your intention behind your communication with your friends and what's driving that. Is it an aligned friendship or are you feeling, you know, guilty because you haven't been present and stuff? I think it's so tricky to navigate the balance between actually showing up and being a good friend and understanding that sometimes it's not always going to feel good and part of being a good friend is being there and also not overexerting yourself or lacking boundaries entirely to the point that your energy is constantly drained it's like a tricky thing to navigate isn't it 
Yeah, definitely. But it's all like trial and error, really. Like no one can tell you the right or wrong way. Like you just got to learn from putting yourself in those situations and just reflecting, you know, like that's why I like journaling. And sometimes I'll write who's important in my life or who do I need to see in my life or who do I care about and like who supports me when things go downhill and just like really understanding and being reflexive about that is really important for me because like the people, like as soon as I've let go of these friendships, like I have new friends in my life the last few weeks and they're like vibing so much higher than like I've, I've ever had those types of friendships. So I've never been really conscious of it, but it's because I've cleared space that I've allowed these people to walk into my life and they are so beautiful on the soul level. They're like my soul family. And I would never have connected with them if I had stuck back into in my old ways. Yeah, I think that's so fantastic. I love that. I love high vibe friendships. So where can everyone find you, Monty? If they want to work, like what kind of programs Um, do you have available or all of that kind of stuff? Yep. So my Instagram is all lowercase mindset with Monty. Um, so that's predominantly where I do a lot of my work. I have a Facebook page as well, but I'm really leaning into Instagram more. So just having one platform is so easy for me and putting everything on there. So I've got all my stuff on mindset with Monty, um, on my Instagram and looking to get a website up and coming as well. But I was saying to you, Jesse earlier, how untech savvy I am. Um, but that will all come. And like I said, I'm not putting pressure on myself to having to get a website. People can see all the stuff in my highlight reels and, can see what I do on Instagram, such a handy platform. Um, but if not, I do have a Facebook as well. It is Mindset with Monty too. So if you don't have Instagram, it's on there as well. Um, and my podcast is on my SoundCloud, which is Mindset with Monty. So it's all under the same name. Awesome, beautiful. <laughs> oh, um, I'll pop your Instagram handle in the show notes as well so people can find you super, super easy. But um, yeah. I, th- I have loved having you on today and it's been yes. so good to have a chat. And just I already knew that there were so many things that we kind of align with, but just listening to you talk, I'm like, wow, we really, really relate and have, I guess, similar um, views and values and things in a lot of different areas. So it was really, really cool to have a chat. And get a little bit of insight from someone who you've had, I think you've had, um, like, I feel like we're in different but similar spaces now, but we've come from entirely different, um, you know, journeys to get where we are, which is really cool. Just shows like it doesn't matter what the past was, where you can end up, mm. it can, can be such a good place. So um, thank you so much. And um, I'm looking forward to talking to you soon. Mm.